Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Duckies and Dargons. My name is Mayhem, and as always, I will be your DM for this evening. I am not going to bore you all with a recap of what happened last session, because if you want to get into the nitty-gritty of it, then go back and listen to it, because my fucking god, we had some explosive moments in, uh, in our previous episode. So, we are going to, first off, start tonight's session with an apology. Well, on behalf of myself, uh, to Anon, because unintentionally we kind of moved away from her during the last session, and I just want to take the moment to acknowledge it as DM that most of that was down to me, and I apologize. So, in order to recompense for that, we are going to swiftly move along and give Anon the spotlight, because she did make it very, very very clear to me after the session that she had something in mind that she wanted to do whilst the whole scene with uh, Eletta and Zaris was going on. So, Anon, what are you doing as you are making your way back to the wagon, uh, abandoning Zaris and Alara to sort of like deal with their little hissy fit together? I am immediately going into stealth. Perfect. Go ahead and roll that stealth check for me. That is a 25. Excellent. Okay. You are... You're invisible. Just absolutely blending into your surroundings. Nobody is aware of your location. Good. I uh, I approach the fire. Now, are they out of the wagon or in the wagon? In the wagon. Right, so I approach the wagon. I go behind the driver. Okay. And I am going to use Assassinate, which basically takes an advantage on a rolls with any creature that hasn't had a turn and any hit any hit that I do make is an automatic crit well damn <coughs> okay um go ahead and roll your attack roll I'm assuming you're using your rapier yep and that is a uh, 23 hit. Gee, I don't know, guys. Do you think a 23 hits just a bog standard like wagon driver who's not wearing any armor and isn't really combative? I hope so. Of you course, never know. Of course it hits. <laughs> go ahead and uh, go ahead and roll your damage and double the damage on the dice. Look at you using your rogue feats. Watch as she deals fucking max damage as well. That's going to be amazing. That's 24 damage. Okay. I'm going to need you to describe your attack. I sneak up behind him and I'm slitting his throat. Okay. Uh, is he dead? 
Yeah. And as you watch the... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Anon, as the blade of your rapier drags across the, the driver's neck, you hear the choking and gurgling and very, very quickly begin to see the, uh, the blood begin to pour down his front, staining his shirt. You feel his body going limp in your hands and you look over his shoulder and you see Vlar sat not five feet away from you, just absolutely fucking horrified. The body hits the floor of the wagon and she backs up almost to the point where she's falling out of the wagon backwards. And she just looks at you and goes, what the fuck, Anon? Do not interfere. I think it's a bit fucking late for that. Um, I don't listen to her because I'm going into the closest chest. Okay, so you open the chest and you know... I'll say you open the, the same chest that you, you looked in beforehand. I climb in. It's not big enough for you to climb into. Into the bags. You're climbing into the bags. Yep. Okay, I'll say you spend a couple seconds untying one of the bags, climbing in. You are immediately met with this almost pitch black interior, which, with your dark vision, isn't as much of a problem. But what you do see is that it is extremely cramped with the number of people that are in this bag. As, you fe as your feet touch this blackened void of a floor space, you see people instantly reacting. There's people scuttling backwards, grouping up together. It's obvious that there's several families or social groups within this large number of people inside this bag, just by the natural clustering of their reactionary movement. What do you do? Anon? I... I am not here to hurt you. The people immediately closest to you give you this sort of equally confused, equally scared facial expression. Roll a persuasion check with disadvantage for me. And I'm now starting to realize that I chose the wrong fucking music to put on this part of the episode. So, don't tell me, you got Benny Hill. <laughs> so, my lowest actually turns out to be an unnatural 20. Unnatural? Yeah, because I've got proficiency in persuasion. Okay. Beautiful. With a unnatural. <clears throat> with a dirty 20, it takes a couple of seconds for their facial expressions to settle but you see that those that like, there's there's five or six people at the very front line of this massive crowd 
that have got their arms stretched out, acting as sort of like a human barrier to those that are behind them. You see their arms gently begin to uh, very slowly fall back down beside their their uh, their sides. There still there is still a massive air of confusion within this this environment. Go ahead and roll me an insight check. That's a five. So no. Yeah. Um, they they just look confused. Have you ever come across a dark elf like me by the name of Quave? You see them all looking at you and about three or four of them begin to very pensively shake their heads. Make me another insight check. Six? No. No. They're just shaking their heads. Have you ever come across another dark elf at all? Where you come from? It's at this point that you you hear one of them muttering something. What was that? You in the back. You hear it again, but a little bit lighter. You don't. You can't quite. I. You can't quite make out what they're saying. I go closer. Going what? Can't hear you. You hear it again. Roll me an insight check. This time with advantage, because you've heard this about four times now. The highest was thirteen. They don't understand common. Oh, fuck. Um, are, are they all human? Yeah. yeah. Well, yes and no. There's, they're all humanoid. Um, there is a mixture of what looks to be standard humans. Then you have, um, you've got a couple of people sort of like towards the middle of the the crowd that seem to have very, very, very subtle elven features. There's one off to the left-hand side that's a little shorter than the rest of them, yet still looks to be in their mid-30s, early 40s, so you reckon that they've got maybe some sort of dwarven features, gnomish lineage, or maybe even halfling? Not entirely sure. You're just giving a very cursory glance at this point. But there's a predominant proportion of these people that are definitely human, but there's some of them that have got twinges of other racial lineages about them. Um, I ask the same thing again in Elvish. There's a voice that sort of quietly echoes from closer to the, the back right-hand corner. You see after a couple of seconds, there's a, a somewhat young female figure pushing through the crowd. Um, long silken black hair she's dressed in somewhat tattered traveling clothes no shoes um just very it's like hand-me-down versions of hand-me-down clothes very very cheap very very old very tattered very dirty but her herself doesn't look to be like someone of an impoverished 
background. She responds in Elvish, saying, Could you repeat the name for me, please? Quave. You see her take a second to think to herself before she shakes her head and says, I'm sorry, but that name doesn't ring a bell to me. Is it another trial with... Hold on. Got the wrong fucking character she up. <laughs> you who makes me up multiple. <laughs> Another drought with eyes like mine, lilac. Takes another couple of seconds to think. She just shakes her head, saying, I'm sorry, no. Where are we? You're on the road to the capital. She looks confused, she says, We're still in Venora? No, no, no. Damn, where are we? You're back in Zairi. You're heading back to Amdale. We're in Zayuri. You see her, she... She looks to her left, at a small group of... People... Look very, very closely huddled together. In Elvis, she replies with... We're not allowed to be here. Where are you supposed to be going? We were told that we were being brought south. Um, Was that true? South of the Drestrian Fields, in Venora, we were told that it wasn't safe for us back in the capital city, Menzo, so we were told to flee. That's when we were... That's when we were put in here. We were told that settlements to the south were, were safer. They were... They were where we needed to be. Nope. Um, I have a guess that if you had reached your destination where you're supposed to be going, you might have been sold. Likely. Give me, give me a perception check for me, Anon, and this will be... This will be for the crowd in general, not just this person. That is a crit. A crit? Okay. Then do me a favor. Go ahead and make an additional insight check and add it to the overall number that you got for your perception check. Tell me the total, uh, the total number, the total not just number, the two separate. Thirty-one. Thirty-one. Nice. Okay. With a total of thirty-one, combined perception and in insight. The clothes don't fit the woman you're talking to. Not in terms of their their size, but you you're looking at this woman, and like I said, she doesn't seem like she comes from an impoverished 
background. There's something about the way that roughly 20 to 25% of the people in this bag are standing that rings of a trained, almost militaristic vibe. Almost like some of them are standing guard or standing to attention. It's almost as though, yes, some of them here in this one singular bag of holding may be victims of trafficking. It's also as though maybe some of them are here intentionally. Well, you're definitely not where you thought you would be. I don't know what to tell you. She cocks her head to the side and she looks at you, she looks you up and down and says, Why are you here? Try and find Quave. She does a full 360 looking at every individual in the bag. And she turns back to you and says, there's nobody in here by the name of Quave. Any other dark elves in here? Apart from me? Okay. Oh, hold on. She looks at you and says, No. There's not many dark elves where we come from. Where do you come from? Where have you seen the Dark Elves? I really need to know. I've never seen one in Venora, if that's what you're asking. And I've never been to the Underdark, so... I can't say I've ever really seen one above ground. Who is this Quave that you search for? My brother. Well, I'm sorry. I I don't think I'm going to be much help to you. Maybe you can. Why were you fleeing? I'm sorry. I don't understand. You left your home for a reason. What was that reason? Why were you no longer safe? Huh. I'm sorry, but... I'm not at a position to divulge information like that to outsiders. I guessed as much. Please forgive me. It's... It's not that I don't want to. It's just that... Historically speaking, my people haven't been very well treated by those outside of our own landmass. I get that. 
tell me the fact that you're in here am i to assume that we will no longer be arriving at our destination no so our escort is still alive no then you're gonna have to either correct yourself or elaborate to me as to how we're supposed to be arriving where we're supposed to be going if our escort is no longer alive well i don't know where you're going but you could make it on foot if you like if you get out whether how you continue your journey is up to you will you permit me to take a brief moment outside of this environment just so i can catch my bearings see where we are Emily, don't care what you do. Wonderful. And you watch yeah. as she begins to not efficiently, but haphazardly climb out of the bag. Yeah, I'm following. Okay. You follow her. You both arrive back inside the wagon. You immediately see Vlar backing up as she watches the, the two of you emerge from the, in the interior of the bag. You see this woman step out of the wagon stand about four or five feet away from the the steps that lead in, in on the lead to the inside sorry you see her looking up then looks to her left her right she takes a step to the side looks round the side of the wagon she doesn't even clock the fact that the driver's body is still in the wagon bleeding out you see her come back round to the the rear of the wagon, step back in. She doesn't say anything. She gives you a very gentle nod before climbing back into the bag so that her shoulders and above are the only thing sticking out. She says, Thank you. We're close. If you intend on using this wagon in order to get you back to wherever it is that you were headed to, my only ask is that you let us know when you arrive so that I can either take the wagon on my own control or let these people out. Sure. She turns to Vlar and says, does Vlar know Elvish? Uh, yes, she does. Okay, that's good. Just checking. Yeah. Um, she looks to Vlar and says, I'm sorry if we scared you. It was not our intent. Vlar doesn't say anything. She just stares wide-eyed and somewhat, well, not even somewhat, but extremely confused by the whole ordeal before watching as... This woman descends fully back into the bag. They're fine. So, Anon, what are you doing? That's what I'm, I'm telling Vlar. They're fine. She just gives you a very, very shaky nod and seems to be like she doesn't want to talk about it. And then Anon climbs down, stalks off, but turns around and says... I need to go kill something. 
I'm going hunting. And then walks into the thicket. Okay. Make me a survival check. Seventeen. A lot of this floor space is occupied by fallen leaves, branches, twigs. It's damp underfoot. It's not sodden. It's just more mildly damp. But amongst all of the, the foliage that lays on the forest floor, you do see a small set of tracks heading west. It appears to be deer tracks. I'll start stalking it. Okay. You follow the deer tracks for about five or so minutes. Make me another uh, another survival check. 22. They begin to curve off towards the right-hand side into the more densely uh, tree-heavy area of the forest. You follow them for approximately three four hundred feet before you come to the crest of a very small mound that as you stand on the top of it you look out and about 60 feet in front of you is a young deer not a baby deer but adolescent in age just grazing on a small patch of grass that's a 20 that is a 26 on my short bow. Beautiful. Go ahead and roll damage. And then describe your attack. Well, that's 7 damage. Okay. Describe your attack. And I get it in... It's kind of one of the front shoulders. Close to the neck. Okay. This deer is quite young. And it's not got a lot of muscle around the shoulder region yet. So as your arrow hits its mark, it does tumble. And you have about, you've got about a five second window if you want to do anything before it manages to get back on its feet. I, I am running towards it. Okay. I'll say that it'll take you, yeah, it'll take you a couple seconds to get within five feet of it so what are you doing once you get there uh 24 and i'm stabbing it with my dagger okay go ahead and roll damage and again describe your attack five damage and i am just stabbing mindlessly not really caring where she's hitting as long as she's hitting that deer Okay. Over and over and over and over and over and over again. As fury takes over your mind, as you're just like savagely stab into this deer, you don't know whether it's the second, fourth, tenth strike that lands the killing blow. But you look down as your arm begins to weaken, your shoulder begins to ache blood is staining your entire forearm 
spatterings of it are on your chest. There's some there's speckles of blood on your face. You stare down at this deer and between the upper neck and the clavicle. No, not clavicle, the sternum is just riddled with puncture marks. You weren't even aware of half of these strikes. What do you do? I'm just going to destroy this deer with my dagger, taking it apart bit by bit. Okay. I'm not really going to be using it for food. She's just destruction. She's not in a happy place. So as you let your emotions overwhelm you, giving into that primal, savage anger, allowing it to block out the entirety of the surroundings behind you, block out all the bullshit going on with Zaris and Alara, the whole, the whole ordeal and the last several weeks that it's taken you to journey all the way to the frozen shitscape of Arcata and go through everything with reuniting Zaris with his long-lost friends, with Vlar, with tracking down those that were responsible for the attacks, bringing them in. Everything that's going on in the world begins to fade into a veil of rage and bloodlust and just animalistic savagery as you manage to sever off this young deer's head, tossing it to the side. You hear it tumble once, twice, before it just becomes still. You slice open along the abdomen, not really thinking about any of the destruction that's going on at your hands. And before you know it, a good 10 minutes passes by. Your arms are tired, your breathing is heavy and labored, and your mind is slowly beginning to burn away that mist of anger, just like sunlight burning away a morning, a morning fog. That veil of red begins to dissipate. And you're now looking at the severed, bloodied, mutilated, destroyed remains of an innocent animal. What is going through Anon's mind as she comes back to reality? Very tired and very, very angry. She's angry that in the 200 years she's been up on the surface, she never even found her brother. And in that 200 years, he's never even bothered to find her. Losing her family was the most hardest, painfulest, traumatic event that has happened to her. And to find that one of them 
is still alive brings as much hope as it does grief. And she's angry. She's angry that she feels it's been kept from her, that Loth knew this whole time and deliberately didn't tell her. That she never that she never found him and that he never found her. She feels very betrayed. I'll give you a I'll give you a choice, Alon. Terrified that she's gonna be on the battlefield and he's gonna be on the opposite end. I'll give you a choice, Anon. Do you want to contact Loth? This is entirely your decision. You can choose to say yes, you can choose to say no, but do you want to contact the Spider Queen? No, she's too angry. Okay. Okay. She can't kill Loth. There'll be no point. <laughs> My dear, at this point in your in at this point in your story, I don't think challenging the Spider Queen would be a very wise move. No. So are you lingering here for a little while longer or are you returning back to the wagon? She's not ready yet. She's just gonna sit here. Covered in blood and guts, staring at this very messy remains of a deer. As contradictory as it may seem for me to say, but beautiful. So, I'll say that in the time that it's taken for all of that to go down, Zaris and Anon. Uh, Zaris and Anon? Zaris and Alara. God damn. Oh, okay. I, I knew yeah. people called uh, Alara and Anon sisters, but that's a bit much to call fucking us both Anon. Fair hey, enough. Hey, 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 hey. Brain going brrr. Just, you know the drill. Zaris and Alara, I'll say that by this point, you have had your very heated conversation and have at least on the surface level begun the path to mending what tensions were lingering up until they got to ignition point as you journey back towards the wagon a short 30 40 feet you notice that vlar is indeed on her own takes you a moment but you get to the back of the wagon and you do see the driver's body blood pooled across the wooden floor across various of the chests and the battles Vlar is just sat there chugging from a wineskin just not even she won't, I won't say she's not aware of your return she's somewhat aware but she's just not giving a fuck he attack no then why, why is he dead that's a conversation you're going to have to have with your friend. God damn it, Anon. Oh, where did she go? I don't know. 
But whatever, whatever she is, she'll come back. I don't think she's gonna let us leave with her. Just give her some time. All right, I'm confused. So am I. So, why was he killed in the first place? Vlar looks to you, Alara, and says, "Ethan, I, I don't. I, there's no. There's no point in keeping it from him now. I mean, it's not like." Oh, he, I, it, I said it, I was going to tell him the minute we get off the cart that myself and Zara shook on it. But well, it's if not, he's dead. Not, it's not like he can kill him anyway, so. Um, well, Zara... I'm in the middle of a cut of coming down, so you may as well tell Zaris in proper detail. Okay? Because um, I'll get it muddled up. Well, when you see Zaris, she points to one of the wooden chests uh, by her side. She says, just, um, just go ahead and take a look for yourself. It's okay, Zaris. Don't, don't, don't worry. It's fine. It's what we were talking about when you were doing the cooking. Okay, sure. Zaris, as you open up the chest, you see, you see what appears to be large uh, sacks made of material with a. What I'm gonna even make you roll for it. You can tell is an enchanted rope tied around the top. Um. As you take a second to untie the first bag at your at your reach, you peer in and you see the same sight that Anon and Vlar have seen, which is a large crowd of roughly fifty to sixty people, um, standing, sitting, resting on the inside. You take a look around and you notice that in this chest alone, there's another four or five bags of a similar nature and then you very quickly do the math and you realize that there's several more chests stacked in various places around the inside of the wagon all of the same design and assumedly all carrying the same contents hmm Anon spoke to one of them, um, asked about... What? Yeah, she... Anon went in, spent about four or five minutes in there talking, then came out with someone. The, the person she came out with stepped outside and then looked around a little bit and then went back into the bag and asked Anon that if we were to take control of the wagon that w would she kindly let the person know whether or not like <laughs> basically the, the person asked Anon if they would if Anon would let them know so that in the event that the wherever we're going isn't where they're supposed to be going then they can take the wagon for themselves and they can go wherever it is that they're supposed to be going 
Um, was, was, uh, hold, hold on a second. Was the driver killed before or after this person came out? Before. Like, she, she, like, Anon came back from being with the two of you. I didn't even, I, I didn't even see her coming into the wagon. I, I, I didn't see anything until it was too late, but she killed him and then immediately started looking through the bag and, and like I said, that's when she went in. Zars, I've never known her to kill without reason. This is different. She was asking about someone. Is is Anon looking for someone? Elara's gonna sort of look towards Laris like has she like She's mentioned about leaving home, but she's never mentioned about hunting for someone to I don't know, buddy. What any any thoughts on this or just because again I'm not used to her like killing people without reason I've you think maybe our debate got her set off I the largest she just raises a hand and says, I I don't think we need to, I don't think we should press with this. And I think whatever this is about, then let her bring it up when she's ready, <laughs> if she wants to. And just, you know, let her. Was that? Look, just one more thing then. And Zaris and myself were talking. Huh. Don't, 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 just don't, don't bother, okay? Did she seem different? Did she act different? Did she seem more ragey? Did she seem more... No. Then I'm I mean, going to take out... I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know her. At least not as well as the two of you do. I don't know what her temper's like. I've never seen her angry. I've never seen her fly off the handle. I've certainly never seen her get as angry as you have or as Zaris or Fury have, but like Then and I'll I'm gonna cut you off there and for once I'm gonna fucking listen to Zaris here and she'll be fine. Actually, At this point actually Alara, I have a request just because of how sketchy this all is what do you need me to do Cyrus? I want you to look through the body or in this wagon for paperwork on the merchandise as to potentially finding where it was supposed to be going 
or any other information that we could use to get a better idea as to what's going on. While you are doing that, I will go and use Fury to help me find Anon. <laughs> Before you do, Zyrus, are you sure that's yeah. wise? I'm, I'm like adapting to, to your for I think and I'm, I'm for your your you know reason and trick yeah I I get it but would it not be safer just to I don't know give it like an hour or something an hour when I it's it's more or less that I'm not going to potentially attempt to let her see that I am looking for her. So really, you're a, just doing what she does to the enemies and using and sort of hiding and yeah, her. yeah, essentially. Then I'm gonna say this to Fury. Then, if you fight, if you see her, just leave her be. Unless she spots you, leave her be. And that's what I'm gonna say. I, I will search for whatever documents or shipping addresses or locations or any jewelry or whatnot. I'll I'll check that stuff. Var, do you want to give me a hand when we're doing that? Because we're probably going to be here a while. And Zara's Fury, you go do your thing. Just be careful. Yeah, we got it. Okay. So, uh, Mayhem, so what I'm going to do... Uh, I am going to very slowly walk into the woods and get into dim light, activate Ring of Shadows to become invisible. And as a bonus action, I can teleport up to 30 feet in any direction that I see fit as long as it's within dim light or darker. Okay. I will shift into Fury. And I will try to get a scent of Anon because I, I I believe at this time that Fury has been around Alara and Anon long enough to have picked up their scent. Yep, I'll, to, I'll agree with that. So, uh, Fury is invisible, uh, which means that uh, I get advantage on stealth rolls. Okay. As as well as being able to teleport thirty feet in any direction. So, first is the stealth roll with advantage. Okay, so with advantage on stealth, uh, that is going to be, if I can find my stealth. Uh, so, plus one on stealth, so 18 on stealth. Okay. Um, go ahead. Bear in mind that I am invisible. Yes, so, so. I'll say that Make me a survival check whilst you're at it as well. For finding Anon? Yes. Okay. Uh, in the meantime, uh, Eletta, as you mentioned uh, to Vlar about her helping you um, search the wagon, she looks to you and says, 
there's not much I can do. I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty tired, but here. Take this. And she reaches out and taps your shoulder and casts bless on you. So for the next minute, any skill checks that you make uh, also have a D4 added on top of them as well. Okay, so any checks plus D4 for the next minute. Okay, uh, Zara, cool. Zaris, what did you roll for your survival? Uh, dirty 20. 17 plus 3. Okay. So, I'll say that as Fury steps about 50 to 60 feet into the into the, the forest area, you do see light boot-shaped indentations in the mossy undergrowth of the forest floor. You follow them, and there's a couple of times whilst you're following them that you uh, you see them turn into impressions and patches of mud, and there's also points where you see the pace begin to... Like the, the distance between the, the bootprints begin to increase and then decrease. Almost as though uh, she's gone from walking to jogging to sprinting to slowing down her pace again. So at this point, I would like you to give me a perception check. Sixteen. Okay. Anon. Yeah. Would you have been? Would you have been stealthy whilst you're just sitting here, or no? No. Okay. Uh, Fury gets within about eighty feet. Still following these footsteps before you see a figure that you believe to see Anon just sat in this small little cleaning of trees next to what seems to be the scattered remains of a small animal. Whilst, before we come back to that, Ilera with the investigation of a total of 12... You do not see anything of note in the uh, the back of the wagon. You don't see anything that leads you to believe that you're going to discern anything about whether where, where these goods came from or are going to. But you do remember uh, you do remember catching sight of a small chest on the like the driver's bench platform at the front of the wagon where he was sitting holding the reins to the horses. Then Elera is going to take the driver's corpse out from the front of the so driving position of the wagon and just sort of put her in the back of it. Okay. And then I am going to, when you do the next stage for them, I'm going to roll another investigation. Okay, remember to add the D4 for that one as well. Yeah, for the chest. Yeah. So, Zaris, you spot Anon in this small, somewhat cleaning of, the, of trees. How do you approach her? Uh, 
is she, do I notice that she's doing anything in particular? Just is she just like legitimately sitting there, or is like she doing something else? I'll let Anon answer that. I feel like she's at this point. She's just picking things apart. So I feel like she's just kind of slowly like stripping bits of muscle from bone and skin and things. You know, like when, when you nervously peel the label off bottle, she's doing that, but to a small deer. Um... It's at this point, Fury, that you do realize that the scent of blood is absolutely intoxicating at this point. Yeah, that, that's what I'm thinking, because of the fact that, like, it's right there. Okay, so, knowing Fury, he would probably come out of invisibility. And he'll probably like he's not like right like right next to Anon. He's like a couple of feet away. Uh, he will as he comes out of invisibility. Um, he'll look over Anon and say, "Typically, that is my job." Why are you here? Darius wanted me to look for you. Where'd you find me? It wasn't too hard. I wasn't making it hard. Fair. What are you doing? I think, and she kind of looks down. I think I'm pulling apart a deer. <laughs> oh. Deer, I can't see. <laughs> but that doesn't answer my question. What are you doing? Like now or in life? Did I forget to press my button again? No, 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 you, you came through. I think, uh... Zaris is on the mute his mic for a second. So, in the meantime, we will jump over to Elena, who rolled a, uh... 25? You can take the 20 away from it. <laughs> Are y'all there? Yeah, 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 we're here. Okay, yeah, Discord decided to fuck over. Uh, 
I don't know if you heard me, Anon, but I said both. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Sorry, we'll, I did not hear that. We'll get back to yeah, you. Guys, we'll get back to you guys in just one quick second. Uh, gotcha. Alara, with a roll of a five, you jump over. You jump through the little opening that you saw the driver crawl through the night before, uh, as he was coming into the back to join you for a night's rest. Um, and you see that sat on the left-hand side is indeed a very small wooden uh, chest with this small little padlock keeping it locked. But you are too you're too busy paying attention to the the horses and looking at the reins that are tied off to one of the sidebars of the seating platform just thinking what kind of fucking enchantment did this guy use in order to let these things steer themselves? Uh, permission to roll another investigation. The uh, focus in the box this time because sure. Alara is fucking scatterbrained. <laughs> sure. <laughs> right. I mean, okay. it won't be it won't be a high DC this time. I'm not gonna mention my rules, but yeah, okay, I'll, well, I'll do that. Roll, just oh now. yeah, I mean, you rolled a three and a fucking eight. <laughs> On your D20s, so. See, this is why I always say to you before sessions, you need to stop doing test rolls in roll 20 because you waste all your good ones. It's at this point that Lara's going, uh, okay. I was doing that. I was muted. I was doing that role because I get okay. You're gonna go back to the role play bit, and I'm just like, I listeners, I got a six. Yeah, she rolled a five, and then she rolled a one on the d4, which I'll say is the last use of that d4, because uh, it will have been a, roughly a minute in total. So, Watch next investigation will be a fucking nat twenty. I swear to, I swear to God, if it is, oh, okay. So we're gonna jump. Uh, Ilara with a with a six. I mean, this box could be something important. You're not entirely sure. Like I said, this enchantment on these reins is taking up the most of your attention. Uh, let's just be honest. Ilara seen the the fancy box and she's fondling it. Just... Her pretty box. <laughs> anyway. She's not a redneck. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're gonna jump back over to Zaris and Anon. Right now, I'm just sitting here, and in life, I really don't fucking know. Is he wanting me to come back and she tries to face him? Anita. So, albeit, while I do not typically care too much for. Didn't realize you cared at all. I do. 
I'm just not about most things. You have intrigued my interest with certain things. Like, for example, killing a man, harboring fugitives, without first finding out why he had the fugitives in the first place, then making your way into the seemingly unknown forest to mutilate a deer to the point that it is unrecognizable. Quite frankly, my dear, that is something that I do. Yes, well, maybe you're rubbing off on me. Or maybe I have hidden depths. I killed him because he was in my way. To be honest, I would have easily killed all of them as well. Why didn't you? Good question. I know... I know how Zaris feels about it, and I'm pretty sure that I know how his girlfriend and Alara feel about the situation, but you, until just now, didn't know how you felt. Albeit, it has gotten rather tiresome to have to deal with the nuisances of the bickering and the arguing and malcontent. If there were anybody else, I would have shut them in a cupboard long ago. Telling them to fuck it out. But alas, that's not them. for the uh, sentimental portions. Oh, please don't. You're going to make me vomit. <laughs> you say that, but I feel as if that somehow deep down Regardless of the facts that you, like me, are a natural-born killer, do have some degree, whether it be minute or small, feelings for these pests. Otherwise, I don't believe that you yourself would have wandered off so aimlessly after slaughtering a man to go and 
butcher this poor, poor creature, I mean... It would have been eaten eventually, let's face it. Oh my dear, there's nothing to be had of the deer. There's nothing left. Apart from the massive blood stains and... What little bones you haven't already shattered and broken. It's, it's nature. It's kill or be killed. And quite frankly, I am wasn't done with the driver, but couldn't. It wouldn't have been fair to kill them as well. going to find anything, let's be honest. Probably not. <laughs> Lady I talked to was not forthcoming on where their destination was going to be. <laughs> oh, you guys. Suppose we best head back before she gets stuck in anything. I just want to point out that I've laughed twice in this whole RP section and Discord hasn't picked it up. So there's going to be parts in the fucking session recording where I'm just laughing and you guys didn't hear it. So, Fury with a broad grin on his face helps her to her extends a hand to help her to her feet. She'll take it. So Fury gently pulls her up. Now, Fury is not going to do anything with the blood that's on the ground. And the reason for that is, is because that he feels that the bloodlust that came from Anon was so great that it's it satisfied his need for blood hence why fury has closer ties with anon than the rest of them oh so he feels somewhat of a kinship with her just because of her bloodlust but he cannot say the same with the rest of them. He could care less if they lived or died. Okay. But you will see as 
they're walking back, that fury slowly starts to shift back into Zerus. And then by the time they reach the forest edge of right where the the wagon and Alara and Flora would be, he has fully turned back into Zerus. Okay. Alara. Right. I got a nine on that one, so I think it's going to open. Okay, okay. So <laughs> what were you rolling, though? I was rolling the... Oh, fuck. I rolled the investigation. I meant yeah. The fucking... Uh, fuck. Um, okay, well, I fucked up there, but hey, I'll fucking roll with it. So, she's looking around the box, and it's like... With that investigation, would I be able to see that there was a, a, a lock on it at all? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Is there a lock on it? Yeah. I said there was a lock on it. <laughs> You're just kind of... <laughs> I, I did say that there was a padlock on it. Alara is just going to like fucking try <laughs> she's gonna, she's gonna get out the the dagger uh, get the pummel end and just fucking try and bash the box open <laughs> alright okay go ahead and roll a strength check mm-hmm 12 yeah that'll do it you give it a good right. solid thunk and the padlock shatters and falls to the ground and the chest is now able to be opened. So Elara is going to open said chest. Okay. As you open it. It's not a particularly big chest. It's probably about a foot and a half wide. Probably about a foot deep. And by about six inches tall. It's not big. It's more like just a, a personal storage chest that you get the sense is mainly for official documents or very small items. It is packed full of documentation, though. Uh, on the top of the pile, you do see a manifesto uh, with dates and uh, documentation of, like, payment values and stuff like that written on it. Looking at the manifesto, though, what's written here doesn't add up with what's actually in the wagon. Written on the manifesto is preserved meats so salted pork um various other salted exotic meats you've got kegs of ale you've got a couple chests of uh assorted fabrics assorted textiles assorted um raw materials but like you already know none of that adds up with what's actually in any of the storage uh, the storage compartments or anything. Is there any tiny, tiny bits of paper like folded, like in the bottom of the pile or in the middle of the pile? No, there. The, most, most of the <coughs> most of the the documents in here are roughly A4 sized pieces of paper. Well, in that case, I'm going to keep hold of. I'm going to put the papers back in the box. Put the box, little box, in in, in the, the the chest, and then put the. How, how, what size is the chest, would you say? I just told you. I've forgotten the top of my head. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh god, I'm trying to compare it to something that you would know. If you imagine, like, the surface level of, like, a hardback, uh, hardback book, and then... That's, that's perfect, then. Yeah, yeah. 
that's perfect. So whilst holding the the chest, Ellie was going to go back to the back of the the wagon where she put the the driver's corpse, and she's going to start uh, looking looking at the body, like looking look in the jacket pockets or okay. Um, pockets. Or, I'll say that I'll, I'll say that the amount of time that you take in order to do this will override an investigation role. So it take you spend about five minutes looking through the driver's body, and you see a small coin purse. Just mainly silver with a couple of gold coins on it. You see a small pocket watch attached to a very dirty, very tarnished gold chain. And that doesn't look like anything too fancy. Just sort of like a, a, a mediocre, maybe slightly above average quality timepiece. Um, you, there are a couple of envelopes hid, like stashed within, like the interior pockets of his sort of like sleeveless vest that he's wearing um but again it upon a quick cursory glance they just appear to be more official documentation sort of like merchant uh papers that all gain him access into any major city um he's got the the deed to the wagon and his document documentation stating that he is a legit owner of the the horses that's about it is there any initials? No. So, okay, so going back to the chest, was there any initials on the things there about, like, furs meat, uh, the preserved meats, kegs of ale, chest of fabrics? No. Was there any initials written then, or signatures? No. No, just seems... Just, just an order list. Yeah, just, it's nameless, it's all nameless. Elera is then going to roll the corpse where their sort of stomachs in the bottom of the wagon and she's looking at the uh, ideally at, at the back of the driver's neck. Okay. Any marks, any no, nothing. tattoos, no? Nothing. Any other jewellery uh, besides the pocket watch? Like any compasses or... There's a couple of... There's a... On the left, on the left hand, on the middle finger, there's a very simple gold band ring. Uh, on the right hand, on the index finger, there seems to be some sort of like, it's a, it's a gold ring, but it's got like a, a larger face to it that is decorated with um, an engraving of an eagle. Which, I mean, the ring looks nice. It's a bit chunky. It's a bit heavy. Uh, but on the right, eagles are. Any what? Any gluing? No. On the, the ring finger of the right hand, there is a simple silver band. But that's about it. That's all that he's got on him. Hmm. Vlard looks to you and says, you're being awful thorough. And uh, you're just gonna hear hear Elera mumble a bit. I'm looking for tattoo marks. I'm looking for crescent moons. I'm looking for compasses. I'm looking for glowing jewelry. Looking for documentation about where these people are meant to be de uh, delivered. Not delivered. Uh, taken to. The, uh, mani the manifesto does state that it's uh, the destination for the drop off is Amdale. 
Mm, all, all I'm getting here is preserved meats to be delivered, kegs with kegs of ale, uh, chest of fabrics, all to Andale, but... Giving another look at the manifesto, it looks like it's the most recently written piece of documentation. Like, you, you, you think back to the state that all of the documents were in when you first opened the chest, and a lot of them looked old. This one sitting right at the top was freshly written and pretty much the parchment is in really good condition as well. Here, look, you seen anything different about this I'm overlooking? Vlar takes it from you and looks at it and she just says, well, I mean, it just looks like he's, it just looks like it's a forgery. I mean, setting aside what we know, I mean, he's claiming he's he's claiming that he's can't really ask him. So he's he's claiming that he's transporting foods, materials. I don't know. Would that give would that give the guard would would that give a guard any cause to be suspicious? Put, you, put yourself in a, in a in a guard's position. You see a wagon rolling up. You ask for papers, and they show you this. Are you suspicious? No, he's, he's there's got to be something about the payment for the driver if 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 they were guilty in actually trafficking people. There's got to be something to suggest. You she, know, she points to the bottom. Of the, she points to the bottom of the page and it says payment on delivery. It's not been paid yet. <laughs> Is that normal for? Merchants to be paid on delivery. Normally, like at least in Brackfort, if you're journeying from, like, say, say you're leaving Brackfort with a delivery, you get half payment when you leave, and you get the other half when you do the drop off. It's a, it's a. Oh God, what would you call it? It's a. It's it's like an insurance policy, so that the driver doesn't get screwed over when he makes the drop. Mm-hmm. So like. Payment on delivery? I don't know. I, I I don't know. But regardless, we need we need to do something about this. Like, are we are we taking the wagon? Are we are we gonna risk telling someone when we get back to the city? Hey, by the way, there's hundreds of people being trafficked in this wagon. By the way, it's not ours. What happens if somebody asks where we got the wagon from? Hmm. We can't exactly turn around and say, oh, by the way, our friend killed the, the owner of the wagon because she found out he's a human trafficker. Just, just, for... No, just... You said that I know went into the bag and then came back out with the other... Yeah. ...person. What if I went down there? I don't think that's a good idea, Lara. Being, being that it was already risky enough for Anon to go down there, they get a sense that I mean I don't know what if they're not as what if they're not as happy with another person coming down there. But I just Zaris, Zaris and Anon would be pissed off if I went in there anyway. So I want to go. I, I just I, I want to get off this wagon. 
And the only way we're going to do that is if we get back, if we if we get to the city. So I don't know, like they they. they I don't fucking know. I don't. I'm not expecting you to know. Look, uh, my gut tells me that as soon as we hit that city limit, we get as far away from this wagon as we possibly can. Whether or not we turn it into the guards or whether we just abandon it, I don't care. I just, I want away from here. Alright, we'll wait for Jarrus and Alan to get back. It could be a couple of hours, so. Make yourself comfy. I'm gonna. I'd say. Go back to searching the body and seeing if there's anything else I can find, but I believe I've feckin' got everything, so. About. 10 to 15 minutes after this is when Zarus and Anon will return. So, Zarus Anon, as you return back to the wagon, what do you do? Whoops. I'm going to pack and I take out a, a towel and some soap. Okay. Just turn around so I'll be back in a minute. Okay. Nothing is wrong. As if nothing is wrong. Beautiful. Love it. Okay. Cool. Uh, sorry. Did you find anything? Well, believe it or not, there's no actual documents about about, about trafficking people. Um. I don't know, apparently that's not in... That's, that's not a common thing around here. All, all that I'm getting here is like, preserved meat deliveries, keg deliveries, fabrics, uh, sort of manifestos saying that, that, that look fairly new, but there's no signature, no date on them, and as far as I can fucking see, just going to Amdale. Jewelry-wise on this fucker, there's just, there's just a tiny, tiny, uh, Coin purse, a, a rusted fucking pocket watch, a couple envelopes, but that's just, you know, locations and that, and what's been here, and deeds to the wagon, and, you know, ownership of the horses. But, uh, Vlar noticed, when, because I, I wanted a sort of second proof in the second set of eyes and documents as well, in case I just overlooked something. Um, payment on delivery, not half and half. Oh, the payment went one way. Yeah, just, just you know, just that. Uh, okay, we're here. There, that's gonna be your payment. There's nothing about, you know, a half here, or, or meet, in, meet in this location, get the first half, and then meet in another location, get the the get the last half. There's nothing. It's, I don't know, but Vara's pretty spooked about it, and she wants away from this wagon, fucking as soon as possible. With her, I attempt I to look it over. Oh god, fucking yeah, fuck it! And she just sort of throws the the fucking the the book uh, book size chest of the documents and the envelopes here. Just fucking look in case there's like a third set of eyes could be much fucking better. Uh, so what do I need to roll? Uh, perception or investigation. 
Uh, I'm good at either one, so it doesn't really matter. Quick question for the DM. Yeah. Given kind of Anon's really um, sketchy history, would you kind of understand what's going on with the driver? Yeah, you'd be able to piece parts of it together, yeah. Okay, so Anon pipes around it. It's so that the driver doesn't steal the merchandise and sells it to somebody else. I don't make, it, make an insight check on all this as well because you can you're you're overhearing all of this whilst you're getting yourself cleaned up. Twenty one, on investigation. Twenty one, beautiful. Wait for Anon's insight as well. Insight. Thirteen. Thirteen. Okay. Uh, Zyrus, on your twenty one, you're noticing that. There's a there's a date at the bottom of the page that you it's it's, it's a couple of days from now, um, <coughs> that you assume to be like the deadline for when the deliveries to be made. The destination just says Amdale. No more specific uh, location. It doesn't say any particular market stall. It doesn't say a particular place of commerce. It doesn't say anybody's address it's just the city name it's almost as though the driver knows whereabouts in the city to go um but you're noticing that there's a small watermark very small probably about half the half the size of a copper coin on the bottom right hand corner of this page that as you're looking over, you're flipping it from front to back side, your your eye catches it ever so slightly. Make a make a history check for me. Uh add on with your 13 on insight. Thinking back to some of the sketchier sides of uh merchant life that you've overseen or overheard of or you know about over the last two centuries there's the there's a low level possibility that the reason that he's not been given any form of or any proportion of his payment at the moment is because maybe they tried to kill him upon delivery i mean given what he's trafficking whoever he's trafficking for may or may not exactly want loose ends you don't know it's just a niggling little thought at the back of your head. Cyrus, what's your role? So, never mind. Oh, sorry, I don't know you go. No, so kind of, I don't pop around, just like, or they were going to kill him at the end. Either one. It's insurance. Mm-hmm. Cool. 30-20. It's... It's the crest of a noble house. Definitely from Zairi. And from what you know of the socio-geographical nature of the, the population density, you can definitely assume that this particular noble house resides within Amdale. But it doesn't catch any of the houses that you're aware of. It's... It's not suspicious, 
it's just it's it's confusing. You you're somewhat versed in knowing of the existence of various noble houses, but this is one of the crests that you've never seen before. Or at least you've, if you have, you've only ever seen it once and you never really did any digging into it. Uh. Whilst you're all conversing about this and looking things over, uh, and I'll say that this happens just as you're eventually getting back into the wagon. Um, yep. You guys feel this jolt of movement as you look through the little fabric uh, curtains that lead to the front of the wagon. You see Vlar sat there, reins in hand, and she's commanding the horses to, to set off again. She looks through the little curtains and says, Well, we best get moving. We can't, Morning. We, Next time, Lord God, um, fucking bones fell in fucking arse. We can't sit around here with a dead body in a wagon that ain't ours, just hoping that nobody runs up on us and comes to the wrong conclusion. So, let's get on the move. You guys can dump the body at the side of the road whenever you please, just as long as you do it before we get to close to the city. Tar, give me a hand lifting this thing off the fucking arse end of this thing. If you would, please. Uh, do that. Right. One. Two. Three. You watch as the body flies about five feet out of the back of the, the wagon, off to the side, and then proceeds to roll into a very shallow ditch that is made up of uh built up mud and lengthened grass it's not 100 percent concealed but you know it's it happenstance it's the best you're gonna get just tossing a body out the back of a wagon so vlar is going to make a survival check see if she knows the direction in order to get back to amdale oh god what's her modifier Actually, that could have been a whole shite side worse. That's not bad. That's an 18. So, you you look through, you look at the back of the wagon and Vlar is just following the main road in the direction that you guys were traveling in before all this went down. And she's not sounding as though she's non-confident about where she's going. She's she's maintaining a very, a very low profile and very silent presence right now. Um... Zaros, you, you, you know her better than anyone. You can tell that she's just sort of wanting to come out the other side of this. You guys travel for another four or five hours. It gets to early afternoon. And it gets to the point where you start seeing a lot more uh, traffic along the main roads. To the point where it gets dense enough to tell that you're about maybe 10-15 minutes away from the city walls. That time passes before you roll up on the southeastern gate. Or the southeastern entrance to the city of Amdale, and you you notice that you're crawl you're at a crawl pace right now. This is this isn't the sort of 
travel vibe that instills a lot of confidence. Uh, so, who would like to make a perception check for me? Sure. Okay. That's 21. 21. You look out the front uh, in the same viewpoint that Vlar is, and you notice that there is a long queue of people both on foot and on horseback waiting to get through this gate. The guards are in the, in the middle of not taking an extensive amount of time to inspect everyone that's coming into the city, but they're definitely looking for... Sorry, I've got the hiccups. They're looking for papers. About 30 minutes get by, and it's you're your, your next in line. You watch as two crowns guard, a half-orc and a goliath, uh, trudge up to your wagon. They both look exhausted, as though they've been standing here since probably the butt crack of dawn. They're wearing... As that's going on, Elera's going to get the papers out, saying okay. they're agents of the crown, just to get them ready. Oh, you're getting uh, the uh, paperwork from Balin. Okay. Okay. Yep. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. so Elera goes back, gets them out, pulls them out in front of the guards when they when they come over. You see the Goliath. He's probably about eight and a half feet tall. He's got a he's got a very subtle tinge of orange to his skin tone. It's I'm trying to I'm trying to I'm trying to describe it. It's almost like you're mixing orange sherbet and water. That sort of orange tinge, very light, very pastel, very very soft. Uh, he's got this mohawk of bleach white hair that ties into a ponytail. Uh, at the top and you can tell that he's using some sort of he's using something in order to keep the mohawk up but he's got this like little like three inch length of hair that's tied in a knot he walks up sticks his spear into the the soft earth and looks to you and says papers please if you don't mind just like to get this Eagle, sir. oh fuck thank you Sorry, it's, it's been a long fucking day. He opens the papers and you see his, his immediate reaction is his eyes go wide. He shows them to his colleague, the half-orc, and the half-orc takes them from him and looks at you and goes, Right. First of all, welcome home. Um, Appreciate if it, that. If it's not too much trouble... We're going to have to escort you to your premises. Do what you going to do? Understandable. I will ask before we go in, though, it's been a number of weeks, maybe months, I'm not sure. It's been about two and a half to three weeks since you left. It's been a couple of weeks, so how bad is it going down? The, the two crowns guards share a look and they say You can okay. trust us boys, it's fine. No, no, it's it's not that, ma'am. Um Okay, for before before we like before we take you in, uh, I have to I have to ask. Do you have a a secure storage space for your wagon? This wagon honestly was just uh if this wagon stays or or doesn't stay, we don't mind. However, I wouldn't be happy taking this wagon 
up to our residence in, in this sort of state because it's quite tacky. So could also do with a new one, but okay. Uh, is there any wherever you, wherever you fellas think is more suitable? I uh, or yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. Um, understanding. Anybody? Any valuable goods in the wagon that you need to take out beforehand, or is it good to just put into storage? No, just put it into storage. Excellent. If you just give us a moment to get what we need. Yeah, sure. Uh, come right this way. You see, they turn right, and you look through. You guys, you guys have been through these gates before. They, they're large, large archway gates that are embedded into the the hundred foot tall wall that surrounds the city. The arches themselves are probably about eighty feet tall by about fifty feet wide, and they're they're blocked by massive, like monumentally thick iron lattice gates that descend from the top down. You watch as the two crowns guard beckon for their colleagues to sort of like make a little bit of a path amongst everybody else that's entering at the same time you see them you see about 10 or so crowns guard begin to clear a way for you uh vlar takes the wagon about halfway through this large corridor before the crowns guard stop her and say it's all right miss we'll take your wagon from here we'll put it in storage for you don't worry about it um we'll give you a minute to get your stuff and then you can be on your way. Our, co uh, our colleagues here, they'll take you the rest of the way. Vlar just nods and says, yeah, yeah, um, thank you. Um, here. And she, she sort of, she passes the, the reins off to the crowns guard. You watch as, as she's getting down off of the seating platform, she kicks over, uh, she kicks over the, the small chest. Uh, it scatters to the floor. You see her. She rushes underneath the horses, scoops up the paperwork, puts it back, and closes the lid before putting it back on the uh, on the seating platform. She looks. <laughs> she's honestly. She's in the middle of apologizing to the crowns guard before they just hold up a hand and say, "Miss, it's all right. You're a little road weary. Just take your time. Go and join your colleagues. Welcome home." As um. We're kind of unpacking. I'm not going to the same chest in the same bag that I was in before. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm looking for the same lady I talked to. I, don't, I didn't get her name. Okay. You open the bag. Uh, there's a lot of people in here. Are you calling out or just having a look? Um, so in Elvish, I'm going, Lady I talked before. It takes a couple of minutes, or it takes a couple seconds, sorry, before you see her begin to push through the crowd, and I mean, you're, you're looking from an ideal position, so you're like, from your perspective... No, no, I've gone in. Oh, you've gone in? Okay, okay, sorry, my bad, my bad. Um, she pushes through and she goes, yeah? But we're at the capital, and this is where I'm gonna leave you. The Crown's Guard are putting this wagon into storage. I don't know what they're doing it with after that, because we ain't coming back. But you said you needed to know, and this is where we part. She gives you an extremely light smile, barely detectable, and she says, Thank you. Um, I guess this is where we go our separate ways. really hope that in the future I don't have to kill you. <laughs> I don't see that being a problem. That's good. Well, good luck. 
He's and saying. she climbs out. Make a reception check as you're as you're climbing out. Bearing in mind your back is turned. Unnatural twenty. Unnatural or unnatural? Unnatural. Unnatural. Dirty. You hear something, but it's like a whisper. Yeah, she kind of turns her head to look. You see the woman, she quickly turns her attention away from you and walks back into the crowd. So, for those of you outside the wagon, you see Vlar handing off the uh, the reins to the Crown's Guard. The half-orc and the Goliath that welcomed you, they walk with you. They're sort of flanking side by side, one on each side of the group. You see the half-orc looks at you and say, Well, um, you miss. Um, I'm sorry, I never caught your name. Looking at you, Alara. Yeah. Sorry, miss, I didn't catch your name. Alara. Alara. All right. Uh, you asked, um, you asked how, how, how bad things had gotten here in the city. Um, forgive us. Clearly, and for obvious reasons, we didn't know that you had an affiliation with the crown. Uh, you've gotten, you, you've obviously got an understanding as to how bad things have been in the recent times, so... Uh, Our understandings were that we're getting bad, like there was threats of a... How do I say it? It's gonna not fucking diminish it here. Public revolt, a rising. Uh, well... Was in was being talked about quite highly of what was discussion. There was there was a couple of shops, you know, in tatters. Yeah, yeah, you you definitely on the right track there. Um, but we left at this, basically at the sort of semi start of it, so we are going to need filling in for, for the past couple of weeks. I know it's only been two weeks, but a lot can even happen in a couple hours. So, well, there's been a couple of break-ins in the noble districts. Several of the merchant houses, the uh, higher ups have packed up their shit and fled the city. Well, fled's probably the wrong word. Um, what about our place of residence? And Earlier's going to rattle off the address. That still app? Our place. He looks to the Goliath and looks back to. Sorry, turns his head back to your 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 direction. And says, "Um, yeah, it's, it's, as far as I'm aware, that that street's been untouched." Um. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's fine. Yeah, like I said, a couple of the a couple of the executives for some of the merchant houses have left the city. Um, something to do with uh, the whole... Well, I suppose it's public knowledge by now. Um, supposedly, High Chancellor has been ousted as a traitor and all of his business contacts are kind of scattering like cockroaches. So, you know ones that are leaving Armdale are kind of the ones that have probably got something to lose and they're fleeing the scene before we can get the ha get our hands on them. Uh, he looks at the, the Goliath and says, this one's kind of skepticism, this one's kind of rumor, it's, it's hearsay, but word is that one of the nobles that's closely affiliated with His Majesty the King was assassinated a couple days ago. Um, I don't 
I don't what? know. Yeah, um, some... Who's been rumored to be murdered? Some, um, fuck. Iman, what was his name? Uh, it's Vi, Vi something. Um, you see the Goliath just look over and go, Vasorin. Yeah, 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 Vasorin. Yeah, that guy. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't know, miss. I mean, you're, I mean, you, you're going to have to probably talk to somebody well above our pay grade in order to get some sort of information about that. Right, I mean, well, to keep both our jobs are professional, I'm not going to confirm or deny. And then I'm not going to sort of believe and I'm not going to not believe what you're telling me because obviously word of mouth. So we will hear it from the Crown if true, obviously. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and obviously, I think this probably goes without saying, but me and my partner here, we'd probably both appreciate discretion. You know, if anybody asks you, you know, who told you that sort of thing and just, uh, well, no, we, we don't, we don't mention, well, I for that don't mention names in that sort of line of work, so you're fine on that one. I, I can, I can assure you. You've got jobs, you've got, you know, you need to survive, you need to live. I'm not gonna go and tarnish. Yeah, tarnish so. Jobs. Not for, we're not gonna do the king's work, so. You guys, you guys are walking for a better part of about half an hour, 45 minutes, and during that time, the Crimes Guard fill you in on the fact that uh, agitation has been increasing among the general public. There's been several days during the time that you guys have been gone that the public en masse have tried to enter the noble sector, that they have flooded the... Uh, the economic sector and the agricultural sector, different groups have caused hundreds and hundreds of golds worth of damages and you get the sense that as they're explaining all this, it's out of anger, it's not out of 100% malice towards the people who either run these businesses or run the plots of land that are growing the, uh, the food-based resources for the city. It's just, it's outrage in a physical form for the sake of physical outrage. And there's a couple, they give accounts of how the King's been ordering increased patrols around certain areas, both in and outside the city. Um, <coughs> sorry. Um, they, they describe in a little bit more detail the screening process for people coming into the city. So unless they've got like 100% legitimate reasons for coming into the city, whether it's for mercantile work or whether it's the fact that they live there, then people are being screened for their reason coming into the city limits, as well as being discouraged for leaving the city without any 100% justifiable reason. The city's not on lockdown. It's just any unnecessary travel is being heavily discouraged. Not outright stopped, but people are just being encouraged to stay home. You get to... You get within the noble sector and you're about two streets away from your residence. Um, but you you hear the, the half-orc uh, saying to you, um, Listen, folks, this is where we're going to leave you. Um, me and my partner, we need to get back to the, the southeastern gate sort of uh rejoin our our positions probably get ready for the next shift coming in uh no 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 don't worry although before before you go uh and lever's gonna you're just two credit card that we're scoring us right yeah. just to confirm yeah yeah 
Ilaru's going to take out the, in one hand, ten gold, another hand, ten gold, and offer it to the guards, and put her fingers up, but there's, 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 there's more, and she's going to take out, actually, she's going to take out two cigarettes. What <laughs> from the guards? You, who? You see the Goliath takes the cigarettes, but he passes on the on the money. Uh, and the no, 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 no. You're going to take the money. Or I'm yeah. going to go to the, the king and say you do, you're not accepting uh, nice money from citizens. Make a persuasion. Take the money. Make a persuasion check with advantage. <laughs> I'm, I'd like to say I'm saying this in a sort of joking way. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, just... that, that's why I'm not making you roll intimidation. <laughs> so go ahead and roll persuasion with advantage. That's a 15. Okay. Oh, wait. I know I need to make a second roll. 17. 17. You see the you see the Goliath very like hesitantly just gently pluck the coins out of your hand and then put them into that back pocket. He's like, "Thank you." No worries. Uh, also, you you got yeah you're here. Pick a match. <laughs> she's she's gonna sort of light the match here. Just fucking just pick a thing, right? <laughs> yeah. You could uh, probably, you probably haven't had a break in a couple of days, so you need it. It take it, he, he takes a minute, but he he takes it and he lights up and you see him puffing on it. Judging by the fact that he's coughing a lung up, you get the fact that he's either a new smoker or he's never smoked in his life. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'll say that they leave you. It you guys spend another five minutes walking. You get back to your residence. As you walk in the door, it's dusty as fucking here, <laughs> like. There's been no cleaning service whatsoever. There's been no like maintenance on this place. It's dusty as fuck. But the first thing that you guys notice is whoever's first in the door, it doesn't matter who, you can all decide that amongst yourselves. Uh, whoever's first in the door, you notice that there's an envelope sat on the floor bearing the the seal of Balin's office. Who's, who's first in our uh, humble abodes, uh, travellers? I don't know. Who would it be? Because the lawyer shot caught with the guards, so... I'll walk in first, cast precipitation to clean the whole fucking house up, <laughs> and then pick up the envelope. Alright. Oh, <laughs> damn! <laughs> okay. Well, that was easy. Um... Zyrus, you break open the seal, take the letter, right? And it is, it's written by Lord Balin. It's, it's directly from him. The gist of the letter is that, and you, you the, the language is very specific. Uh, it's written in a way that reads, Dear Anon, Elera, and Zyrus, Whenever you should read this, welcome home. I trust that your journey back from Arcada was... What was the word? How did I, I? I had this all worded in my head. Was pleasant, uneventful, and that business was handled accordingly. Should you have the time, please alert a crown's guard to your return to the city and tell them to report to me. I will send for you in the morning. There's a lot to talk about. Anything else in the thing, guys? 
Nope. Basically just a summons. Right, okay. I... Do you think the Crown's Guard would have told the, the higher-ups about us returning? Or we got to go and find a Crown's Guard to go and... I think we need to find one. Alright, I'll go out and do it. Larry, I'll say that as you poke your head back out the front door, there is a patrol of Crown's Guard coming your way. Uh, excuse me, lads. I'm coming with you. Larry's going to put a hand up. Excuse me, lads. Uh, Something wrong, miss? Uh, Agents of the Crown, we've got a sort of summons from Balin basically saying that one of you guys or one of the Crown's Guard needs to go and tell Balin that we've returned to, so he can organize the summons in the morning for us. Yeah, sure. What are you? Yeah, sure. Just give us a second. Um, you see, he waves a finger in the air, and you see this small arcane sigil appear, glowing a bright, bright orange. And you see, you hear the crimes guard saying, "Lord Balin, I have two individuals here, stating that you are to be made aware of their presence." Uh, just mention Alera, Zaris, and Anon. The Crown's Guard looks he, to he'll you. know who. The Crown's Guard looks to you and says, Well, he'll have heard that, so he definitely knows who you are. And then he waves a hand and the sigil disappears. Thank He's, you. So yeah, much. No problem. Um do you need us for anything else? Uh I think we're good. Uh looks at Anon. Anything else we could possibly do? Or just are we fine just now? We are fine, aren't we? I was going to ask to get DD back, but never mind. You'll get DD and Bubblegum off, bubble off Balin when we go. We'll, you'll get them back as soon as we see Balin. You'll get them back in the morning. Or afternoon, depending on fresh. You'll, you'll, you'll get them back. They'll be fine. Uh, okay, so you know awesome. what, guards? Uh, could, could you uh, add on the note to send DD and Bubblegum? Balin, Balin will know who. Who they are, just that they can, if you can Ask send them him back. to give me my children back. <sighs> you see the guard. You see the guard look at you, Anon, and says, "Miss, if these are people that are under the care of Lord Balin, you will see them when you next see him." Just want to know they're safe. They'll. Yeah. He would have told us if they're not. Yeah, I. We, you, can, you can assume that they're safe, miss. And if you don't mind, we're going to continue on with our route. They get Thank about, you, lads. They get about 30 feet away. <laughs> and on, you hear uh, you hear the one that spoke to you muttering to his colleague, I didn't know Balin had kids. <laughs> yes. <laughs> God, I was waiting for something like that. Okay, so I'm going to ask now. Is there anything that you three would like to do with the rest of your evening, or would you like to get a long rest and cut to the next day? Yes! Oh, fuck! I... <laughs> yes! <laughs> oh, shit! <laughs> Skip day! Long I rest! Just, now! Uh, <laughs> before we skip day... Uh, <laughs> no, before skip! No, before you skip day, there's gonna be something really quick. Oh, Jesus. Two things that Alara's gonna say. First of all, are we good, Zaris? 
Are you starting to trust me? <laughs> no, seriously, seriously, no, seriously, seriously, seriously. Zarus First is of out all, fucking cold. He is are we good? And are you starting, are you beginning to trust me just a little bit? Even if you say just a little bit, or if you say you don't? Give me a minute, I'm too, I've got food in my mouth. Hold up. IRL or in-game? Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, uh, okay. And I know uh, you're tired, so no long-winded explanation. I know you're knackered. And I, there's something else I need to ask you as well, so... Just, um... Short and sweet. It's never wavered. Good to know. Okay, I'm not asking more. Second of all, do you need blood for tomorrow? Mm, no, I'm good. So you're gonna you're telling me that when you wake up in the morning, you're not gonna your brother's not gonna want to cause some mayhem. Let's just say a mutual friend helped with that. Okay, not gonna ask. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. If, if, I, 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 I trust you. And I trust you in that one. So, okay, okay. I am fucking exhausted. Uh, I'm gonna go to bed. I'm gonna Ready. go to jail. <laughs> I'm gonna go to bed. And <laughs> just like I, um, I, I, well. I need an night. So, I'm sure you guys do too. So. Oh, he is in the... See what Bailey has to say, but until then, good night. Alright, so... Skip next day, give me my small slots back. Got yeah. it, cool. Glad yeah, we yeah, had this call. Yeah, yeah, you guys get a long rest. Go ahead and replenish anything that you've used or lost or fucking, <clears throat> I don't know, inserted into your... I don't know. So... Inserted into your what now? Uh, what? Yeah, uh, like, what? I don't know. Who said anything about insertion? Why you purge through rectal? <laughs> Jesus fucking. Nobody Christ. is inserting anything anywhere. The only thing I'm inserting is my spell slots back. Thank uh -huh, you. Uh -huh. Where's spell slots, Cyrus? <laughs> okay. Are they not like get... are all your spells not like attached on a sort of a bead, so to speak? No. Jesus Christ. No, 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 don't say it. <laughs> okay, you, all, you guys all wake up feeling refreshed, well rested, and, you know, just happy to be home the next day. Uh, I'd say around about 9.30 in the morning, you guys get a knock on the door from two crimes guard that are here to collect you to go and see Lord Balin. <coughs> Give us two seconds, lads. Just, just finish it up. Yeah, sure. We'll be, uh, we'll be at the the chariot waiting for you. Much, much obliged. Just, just give me a couple minutes, and we'll be there. Won't we, guys? I don't know, will you? <laughs> oh God, Cyrus is still asleep. <laughs> Somebody go and kick the tiefling. <laughs> oh, I'll go and tend to Zyrus. Is that on I vote What did you say, Anna? I, I vote Vlarwell being his girlfriend and all that. <laughs> Girlfriend's a strong wait. word. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. 
wait. Okay, all I heard was girlfriend. Yeah, 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 and, yeah, yeah. And and wake him up. Listen. Okay. Oh God, no! Get no, 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 no! We got, we got, we got meetings, Zaris. Come on. Listen. listen. Get your mind out the fucking gutter. Twenty listen. after dark. <laughs> hey, 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 <laughs> hey, hey, hey! Can you get further in the alphabet than that, Alara, or are you just stuck on A? Hmm. Um. <laughs> uh, you might have skipped a few there. Anyway, I'll say you guys taking our couple minutes to get ready. Jump into the back of the chariot, and it's about a twenty-minute ride to to the castle. Um, you notice that security's always been tight at the castle. You know that already, and especially just before you left to go to uh, to go to Arcada, it was heightened even more. <clears throat> This is like a fucking full-on military lockdown. In ratio of military to Crown's Guard, it's probably about 25 to 1. So for every 25 military that you see, you see one Crown's Guard. And you see standing at the top of the large 40-foot wide stone staircase that leads to the large double doors of the entrance to the Sapphire Keep, you see Ivar. The High Commander of the Sword, with Lord Balin. You guys ascend the staircase, and you eventually get within hearing distance, and you hear the High Commander. Wait, question, 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 question. Yes. Is Vlar is Vlar at our residence, or is Vlar she coming stayed back? Vlar stayed that's back. That's fine. That's perfect. That's fine. Just want to clarify that one. You get within earshot of the two of them, and you hear the High Commander saying to Balin, "I don't care whether or not you approve of the heightened security, Balin. That is not your concern." The concern for His Majesty the King's safety and that of the royal household and that of you personally befalls upon me. You have issues? Then keep them to your fucking self. As far as I am concerned, I am keeping the most powerful man in this realm alive and ensuring the safety of those that maintain the status quo and running of the kingdom in his name. If you want to live in subpar security, then by all means do so. You will not do it under my jurisdiction. And you will do so at your own peril. You all hear that, right, Dean? Yeah, you hear that. You see, the High Commander ends the conversation with, this is the last time I will tell you. Do not approach me about this again. You see, he turns to go down the staircase, sees the the three of you gives you a look of frustration fatigue and just generic I don't have time for this bullshit vibes Alara is just going to sort of mumble in a way where the high commander can, can hear her appreciate all the work you're doing bud keep it up he scoffs and just continues walking down you hear the heavy footsteps and the clanging of his armor as he gets further and went further away from you. Standing at the, the doors to the Sapphire Keep, dressed in a wildly different attire than what you're used to seeing him in, is Lord Balin. He is dressed in what looks to be like a hybrid of his usual day-to-day -day sort of three-piece suit, but the bottom of the jacket billows out further into what looks more akin to be mage robes 
beautifully decorated in blues and golds and reds. You see that he's wearing a couple of different rings that hum with this very faint, very mild arcane, sorry, arcane energy. <clears throat> you see around his neck that he's wearing this medallion or this chain that's got various medallions on it, each bearing the sigils of the four Vardorian gods, the Deliverer, the Warrior, the Mother, the Deceiver. He looks at you and says, ah, friends, welcome home. Please follow me. His Majesty the King is eager to see you. He is uh, apprehensive as to what your report is going to be. How many other people are going to be with the King, Balin? I, just, I really, really can't be arsed with people like being pricks. Just two. So if they are, I will speak out. So Just two. And I will tell you now, Alara, I would encourage you that if you feel the need to speak out, at least vet your words before they become audible. Where are my children, Balin? Oh, yes. Huh. Your, um, your, your pets. They're, they're fine. They're well. They're being kept comfortable, warm, safe. Uh, I can have them delivered back to your residence by the end of the day, if that's what you would like. Why are they not with you, Balin? <clears throat> Anon, please understand. I have an entire day's work that, end that begins as the sun rises and ends well after it sets. I maintain their well-being, I make sure they are fed, and I make sure that they are breathing. But I cannot babysit them 24 hours of the day. Elair's gonna go sort of very sort of like go right up to Balin's ear, but she's hoping that Anna's not gonna hear here. This must be said. Just for her sake, humor her. Please. You see Balin <laughs> lean away from you, look to Anna and says, I make no lies. They have been a pleasure to look after during the time that you have been away. But please understand, I rank second to the king. I'm glad they have behaved themselves. Behaved is... Well, it's one way of putting it. But they have not been anything that I could not handle. I assure you. They didn't set anything on fire, did they? Um... Not on fire, per <laughs> se. Which but... one? <laughs> um, well, the, uh... DD is definitely not everything that I expected them to be. But, again, it has been a pleasure to look after them, and I'm sure that they will be delighted to see you. Now, please, follow me. You see, as the door is open and he leads you Actually, inside... Actually, before we go, just oh. quick... Just quick question. Uh-huh. Uh, am I allowed to bring him? And I point to uh, a Maria that's been in my backpack the entire time. Balin looks over his shoulder to you and says, Sure. Yeah, I, I just didn't want to bring a another dragon into the keep that where we could put him somewhere more uh, well-controlled. Uh, there's a bad human being. I've just realized she's left her dragon and... Lyra's neck of the woods. <laughs> oh no! 
because <laughs> it was sort of taking hurt. a while to taking a while to adjust to her. So fucking. I just heard yeah, Adon's reaction off mic. That was fucking hilarious. Yeah, see, so I haven't forgotten that I've had a baby dragon that's been riding around in my backpack just eating away at my food. Yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. I've not forgotten that. No. Uh, but I was waiting to see how long it would take for Lara to figure out that she left I knew, her baby dragon in like a thousand miles away. Uh, after begging, like yeah. literally, yeah, 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 for yeah. one, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh well, them's the brakes. Don't, <laughs> don't worry, Alara hates herself right now because she's just fucking realized, yep. and she's not gonna say a fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere, thousands of miles away, in the snow-capped uh, continent of Arcata, there's a baby dragon looking for its mama. I, the, the, no, it, was, it did actually properly adjust to there as far as I remember, and it was hey, the, yeah, the dwarf yeah, yeah. that was keeping an eye on. on hey, you never know. And dwarf hey, was keeping an eye on the dragon. Anyway, anyway. So, you guys, <laughs> you guys delve into the hallways of the Sapphire Keep. Uh, somebody give me a perception check for me. Nope. <laughs> what did you roll? Five. Yeah, you definitely don't see it. Alara, you definitely I don't. I got a seven. <laughs> you don't you don't see shit either. Anon, do you want to try being the third time's charm? What am I making? Perception check. Nope. Okay. Okay. Then none of you will see it. Actually, you know what? I don't, oh, hold on a second. While he's looking that up, was it a nine by chance? Anon, I've just seen your messages. I'm sorry for the late reply. Uh, Anon, what did you roll? Five. A five. Okay, you rolled the same thing as... Me. Yes, as Zyrus. I was looking for it in roll 20. Uh, okay, so uh, actually, let me put it this way. Uh, has anybody got a passive perception of 15 or higher? Nope. I've got a 13. Lara? Sorry, my mic was muted. Uh, no, I've got um, I've got a passive perception of twelve. Okay. Okay. So you guys walk with Balin for about five to ten minutes before you get to the throne room. Standing at the door to the throne room, almost as though they're waiting for you guys to arrive, is Lady Ilya Alexandria Vysorin. She clocks the four of you walking towards the, the door to the throne room walks towards Balin and joins him by his side. Looks over his shoulder and says, Welcome back. I'm glad that you are home, and I trust that you are all well rested? Could say that, yeah. Good. Just. Then let's get this shit over with. <laughs> I love Lindo. You guys walk into the throne room and... The familiar two table setup, one on either side of the, the the massive hall with the throne at the far end. You see 
the king sat almost, almost slouching on the throne as though he's exhausted despite the fact that it's barely 11 a.m. You guys walk up and as you reach parallel to the tables, King Alfred begins to descend and wanders over to the right-hand table, sits at the head of it and gestures for you all to come over. Ah, Elera, Alan, Zaris. Welcome home. Welcome back to Andale. It's good to see you. Nice to see you too. So. A pleasure. Um. First off, allow me to kickstart this meeting with uh, somewhat of an apology. Um. I have been informed of very, very vague details of your task in Brackford. And had I known the severity and nature of the task, I would have at least sent you some backup. So please, I don't think there's anything that I can say that, you know, on behalf of anyone above myself. But please accept my apology. I had no idea what you would be walking into. It would seem as though... <clears throat> not everybody was fully aware of the parameters and where I am glad that the mission and the task was completed with some relative degree of ease I do feel personally responsible at least on some level for putting you guys in harm's way you see just tell me just tell me that that bat ex counselor is locked up yes um, Councilman Griss remains in custody thanks to Lord Balin and Lady Vysorin. Uh He is to be questioned uh, by independent adjudicators as to eliminate the possibility of bias. We're um, going to need something of him. Uh, it, doesn't it doesn't require us speaking to him. There... On his person, there would have been a medallion or a compass type thing. We were actually meant to get that before he was teleported, but... The, the way things went, we didn't have enough time to sort of grab it. So if next time you guys, your, your, your crown's guard, are seeing him, could you please try and grab the amulet, necklace, or whatever jewelry he had on him? You see King Alfred look to Lord Balin and Lady Visor and, and says... Is this true? Did he have such an item on him when he was apprehended? Without getting a chance to speak, you see uh, Lady Vysorin cut in and say, No, your majesty, no such item was found on the councilman when we apprehended him and escorted him back to the city. Bugger! Okay, okay. Never, never mind, I, I apologize. Elara, roll an insight check. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Thirteen? <clears throat> you can swear that there definitely was something. Oh, I we, we know for a fact there was, but um, Alara's gonna, for the king's sake, stay professional at, at this moment. Okay. He gestures uh, for you to help yourself to some bread, some pate, some fruit, and various other sort assortment of uh, breakfast foods that are situated on the table. There's a small picture of 
Oh, there, there's various pictures of like fresh fruit juices there as well for you all to help yourself to. Um, he he's try, he's trying to make this as comfortable as possible. Uh, as you all sit down, Balin looks to the king and says, "Your Majesty, I mean no disrespect, but would it be entirely inappropriate if I were to debrief them with your oversight?" You see the king nod and just say, "Of course." They answer directly to you. After all, I would. I don't want to step on any toes here. Um, please, take the lead, Balin. Balin looks to you. He, he doesn't care for any of the food or the drink. He just wants to get down to business. He looks to you all and says, Right, well, first of all, let me replicate the sentiments of His Majesty and say that it is good to have you back home. Safe, I just, in the grand scheme of, scheme of things. Um... It seemed, have told us there was no return teleport trip. That would have been quite nice to know before we went to the place, but, yes, you know. Yes, I, I apologize, and it wasn't for the fact... the job anyway. If it wasn't for the fact that I wasn't 100% in the know of your location at the time of apprehending Councilman Gris, I would have... I would have directed you to somewhere that had the capabilities. However, Lady Vysorin has informed me that the the transportation the methods that were used were only on a one-way basis so even with her level of arcane skill it would have been very difficult for her to bring even one of you back so i i own that that is indeed a transgression on my part please accept my apologies lady visorin looks at him and says you are being too soft balin you need to stop apologizing these people can obviously handle themselves. He looks there and says, That being said, Ilya, it was an oversight on my part, and they answered to me. It is my place to own a mistake. Anyway, a lot's been going on in the time that we uh, have missed you. General unease among the general population has increased almost tenfold. He begins to describe to you the same things that the, the Crown's Guard mentioned about the the damages that have been done to the agricultural sector and the uh, the merchant sector, the economic sector in the city by members of the, the population just gathering en masse and causing damage for the sake of causing damage and trying to bring awareness to the situation in the city. Aelin then goes on to describe how scout reports have allured to camps. Supposed camps of people situated around the outskirts of the Amdale region. Anywhere between 25 and 50 miles away from the city. What looks to be nomads, travelers, people camping deep within forest lines, people that don't bear any description of locals or as though they're long-term settlers. Balin then begins to describe how a number of the merchant house leaders have decided to depart from the city. The way that he words it, though, makes it sound as though it's a lot more passive rather than the the more honest way in which the Crown's Guards relayed that information to you the night before. It's at this point that you see him 
breathe deep and almost like he's swallowing uh, a chunk of a chunk of fear palpable fear that you can see that lingers over him and he says and to move on to some potentially upsetting and disturbing news that I acknowledge that not everybody in this gathering will want to hear but Lady Visorn, if you will permit me um I believe that in relation to notable events these these three need to be at least made aware of what has happened Lady Visorn looks to you and says they are free to hear Lord Valen just please be respectful when you tell them Balin looks to you and says not some three days ago a disturbance was noticed at the Visoran Manor Crimes Guard on their routine patrols investigated and found that the front door had been broken and was found ajar Lord Visoran Lady Ilya's father was found dead in his study. A gruesome affair that I think I speak on behalf of the entire crown and the administration of the realm where we send our deepest condolences and our heartfelt sadness at her loss and her family's loss. He, tur <sighs> he turns to Lord Visorin. He he, he turns to Lady Visorin and says, "Your father was a very noble man. He was, he was very much liked. And please, if there's anything that I can personally do in your time of in your time of mourning, then please, please do not hesitate to to say." At this point, damn it. Is there anything else that you guys... Is there anything that you guys want to say or do? And... I I am sorry for your loss, Lady Vithorin. But... With things, you know, being told to us, what of Yashin? Yes. Is he woken up yet? Yes, Lord Dracana has been conscious for... A little under two weeks now. He is due to appear in court in two days' time. Which brings us on to one of the final matters at hand. Given your unique and unprecedented nature surrounding this exposition and trial, the three of you are in the rather unfortunate circumstance where you are the lead witnesses and lead sources of evidence surrounding the former High Chancellor of Coin. Seriously? Well, it was you who tracked down every shred of evidence that is being used in this case and exposed him for his treason. I'd say that- Sorry, we're you... what again, sorry? The lead witnesses and the lead sources of evidence. You forget. Lucinda Grohl is no longer here. Other than the three of you, she is the only one that can she is the only one that can tie the, the disgraced Chancellor 
to his doings. There's another person. I'm you recently took him into your custody. Grisk. I had a mark on his neck. Crescent Moon, am I correct, Lady Fasorin? There's a mark on his neck. Crescent Moon. Symbol. You see, she looks you dead in the eyes. You watch her eyes narrow ever so slightly, and she says, There may have been. I have not spent a lot of time with the councilman myself, as it is not exactly my jurisdiction. That, and you're going to see Sir Larry sort of doing a sort of pointing finger. Not that, that people just sort of pointing thing. And that was also the same mark that we had cut off Yashin. Yashin also worked quite closely with the Deceiver. That Crescent Moon on Grisk would also be the same. There's a third. There's a third which I probably shouldn't say, but I'm learning a trust more people and try and get trust off others. I also was tainted with that mark for a num for a couple of days. The you deceiver himself. You see the king adjust his posture to where he's now sitting bolt upright. You see Lord you see Balin doing the exact same thing. Lady of Arsorn just stays completely relaxed as though this is nothing that she needs to concern herself with. Elira's gonna st so the the table layout is it just like a sort of dinner table layout, or is it yeah, like, so a sort imagine, of like a, 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 like a, a U? If you imagine like a uh, an elongated triangular triangular table, so you've got the king at the narrow end to your to your left, then you've got Balin sat to his left, Lady Vysorn is sat to Balin's left, so it goes. I'll ping it and roll. I'll, this is going to look it, terrible. It was just the shape of the table, a triangle, that's absolutely so you've I, got, I can roll with that one. You've got, <laughs> you've got the king, you've got Aelin, you've got Lady Vysorin, and then I'm imagining that the three of you are situated, like, here. On the opposite side. That, that's fine, then I can go with this. So what, what you're going to see Alara do is Alara's going to take her jacket off, put it in the back of the chair, and sort of roll her sort of, sort of sleeves up. So, I don't know how this would work with, you know, being witnesses and whatnot. Hopefully, I'm hoping Zaris or Lady Vesora, or even the Grand Seros and the, the the one in the thing with Jig, right? Grand Seros, is that his name? Yeah. The old sort of guy. Ah, right. Yeah. Or maybe even the Grand Seer, but I want this bit to be quiet until some proof can be made. When we were in... The, up the place where he sent us for a mission when we were up there the deceiver visited me in a dream tried to offer me sort of an allegiance with them I didn't say yes and I didn't say no my plan was to try and trick them to find out information that fell short but my right palm here was the right palm with no it was the left my mic it was, it was a left palm, sorry. My left palm, because I didn't say yes and no, my left palm was branded with the Crescent Moon logo. There were certain words and events I wasn't allowed to mention. First one, about uh, a man who had destroyed uh, a city in ivory, along those lines of one of them. Another one was a member did not know that they were going to play a major part in events 
A girl with a serpentine arm. And she's Ellar's gonna look at Visoran. That was one other second point that was made. Apparently, they're gonna be a, a big player. So, back to the point, there were certain phrases I was not allowed to say whilst branded with this mark. I was, and maybe, I'm, I'm, I'm expecting, like, uh, Zaris to be like, what the fuck? <laughs> He's got full detail now. <laughs> That's what I'm expecting at this point, and I don't to be like, what? <clears throat> I, the deceiver could control parts of me with certain powers. Like, there was one point I cast a fucking snowstorm and my friend Zaris here was one of them. But I wasn't allowed to mention, you know, about the girl with 13 arm or the man sitting in every tower. I couldn't mention that stuff. It was like a sort of block. Similar to the uh, rings that we told you about, Balin, when we first came to you about Yashin. About rings, you know, certain words and that, well, that could not be said. I remember. That was part of it, so. I don't know if... Uh, hopefully you can help me if I saw in on this one. That because the mark is now gone, because I, let's just say I challenged the deceiver. He wanted me to turn against all of you guys, all against my friends. But because I didn't say yes and didn't say no, I was branded. I so long was trying to trick them into thinking, oh wait, I might go on your side, but I'm going to need some proof or whatnot. I was trying to trick them, but you know, how can you, how can you deceive the deceiver? Not possible. I was, I'd say, a bit headstrong on that one. But I don't know if, with this mark, if that can prove anything or show traces of anything. Vesoran, you're, you're. I mean, don't, don't fucking take this the wrong way or anything, because I'm you know, just getting to know you. But you're used to these sort of strange, sort of magical things, right? I am. And explain things. I have been regarded as a somewhat talented arcane wielder, yes. So... Are you sensing anything different about me than when you first saw me? You see, she traces a pattern in the air, looks to you and says... No. Nothing different. Nothing that would... Draw cause for concern. In fact, I can tell how honest you are being just by looking in your eyes. It's admirable that you're being so forthright about matters that can easily cast a shadow of doubt on you. Let's say a very good family member helped me to uh, explain things and talk. So, you have them to thank. <laughs> she turns to the king and says, Your Majesty, with all due respect, it would seem as though the scope of which I yield any benefit to this conversation has come to a close. Would you permit me to leave, or would you rather that I stay and carry out this conversation whilst being silent on my part? You see the king... king I, could I interrupt and just say I am more than willing to have her listen to this stuff. More than willing. If she has any input, any arcane sort of help for our situation here, I would. I know myself I would gladly appreciate that. But 
you are the king. It is within your right to say whether she, she can go or whether, whether she can blah, blah, blah. <laughs> whether, she, whether she can stay or go. Alfred, so, Alfred looks between you and Lady Vysorin and says, I think given the grand scheme of things and everything that the lady is going through, that decision rests entirely upon her shoulders. Whether she stays or goes, I will leave that to the lady's prerogative. You see Lady Vysorin give us a half bow to the king and say, then please excuse me. I am sure that my mother, most of all, as well as my sister, would definitely benefit from my presence given this troubling time. Lord Balin? Well, I would say it's been a pleasure working with you, but we've only really been working together for the last couple of days. Let's not call it a pleasure so far, shall we? You see Balin cock a very, very slight grin at that and says, Yes, my lady, I will I will call for you before the trial. I um I may have need for your arcane services to ensure that the integrity of the courts is upheld. You see the king look to Balin Balin quickly reacts by saying, Oh no, your majesty, please. My I'm I may have misworded that. Um It was my intention for Lady Visorin to be present at the case of the disgraced chancellor so that she can cast a spell upon the courtroom that would make it even more difficult for the chancellor well, former chancellor to lie under oath she is there merely to ensure that the truth reaches the ears of the jury i assure you you see alfred sort of settle back and says in that case then that's that's fine by me the truth is definitely something that needs to be heard it deserves to be heard but more often it needs to be heard you may go my lady my condolences to your family please send my love to your mother you see lady Visorin gives a smile gives a very almost it's a very slight almost almost condescending bow to the three of you before she turns and makes her exit from the throne room Zaris, Anon, anything you would like to say at this point? Not particularly, no. Nope, just happily munching on some toast. Balin looks to the, th the three of you and says, Now, on to the more immediate matters. And please, do not take this at face value, I will explain. There is one more task that the crown asks of you. However, it is not immediate. You are being granted a day's rest. You are being granted time until after the trial to prepare for this. We're sending you north. <laughs> he looks to the king and says, It was of my understanding that we haven't sent them north. Anon, I think you have us confused. When did you go north? But snow is north. Oh, my dear. Oh, my Arcata is south. What the fuck? You see Balin, he smiles sweetly and says, It's fine, my dear. You're, it's fine. We're sending you north. 
and and I, I go to oh my stars. Snow in north. Snow is north, right? No. Zaris just pats Anon gently on the head. <laughs> Balin looks to you and looks to the three of you and says, "This mission is definitely a lot simpler than your last. It's an escort mission." What was the summit coming up? His Majesty has sent word to envoys from various regions of the kingdom, and most of them have accepted the invitation to become part of this this meeting. Now, given the significance of this meeting, most of them are coming with their own security details. However, the representative for the tribal planes does not possess a security detail. Which leads me on to the rather puzzling detail. That being that she has asked for the three of you personally to escort Kala? her. Yes, Lady Kala. Lady Kala has ventured north to the Vardorian Theocracy in order to... Conclude a personal and spiritual journey. Since her succession to becoming leader of the Tribal Plains. It would seem that her father, Chief Roloff, has passed away of natural causes and she has ascended to his rank of chief. Much in addition to this, it would seem that she has managed to unify the tribal plane clans into banding together as one singular mass of civilization. I'm sure you already know that the stark contrast between the tribal planes and the rest of the kingdom is night and day they cling to the old ways of life and allow society to grow and prosper at a pace that is irregular with their own they are still under the protection of the monarchy however we leave them to judiciate and civilize on their own at their own request this was set up during the first summit at the conclusion of the war in fact, it was <laughs> it was one of the it was one of the details that was put forth as non-negotiable in such a situation. Lady Talia, who presided for the tribal planes, made it abundantly clear that her and her people wanted no part of the official scope of the monarchy. So it was agreed that they would have their own sector of land. And that they could live in conjunction with whatever way of life they saw fit. But nonetheless, Lady Kala has sent word to the crown and stated her affiliation with the three of you. And how she wants the three of you to be her personal escort to the summit. Well, well, well. So, she did find her place then. I... I would not go that far in saying. From the correspondence, what little we have had from Lady Kala, it would appear as though this appointment of rank is not sitting well with her. She... apparently... tried to refuse. But I, Brilliant. Su I suppose a sense of sentiment towards her father 
and what familial tie she had left got the better of her. So, that is your next <laughs> task at hand. But like I said, you have some time before you have to depart, so please take a couple of days to rest. Enjoy your time back in the city. We will reach out to you in two days' time for the court, uh, uh, your appearance for the trial. Understood, Balin, understood. In the meantime, uh -oh. during your downtime, Ilera, there is somebody who has been asking for you personally. Ilera's gonna sort of raise an eyebrow, eh? It would seem that the Keeper of Secrets, Canavarus, at the Grand Archive has asked to meet with you on a personal level rather than business. Any idea when? Or just go up to the cathedral and... Well, they said whenever you return and whenever was most convenient for you, so I believe they're keeping the scope of this meeting somewhat open. Larry's gonna sort of look over at Zaris now and you okay if I go? After after we finish here, you okay if I go? Be safe. But we're not going yet. We're something we get. But after 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 we're done here, I'll I'll go and she wants to say I'm Zaris. I know, I know, I know. I can just, I can just imagine Zaris is sat there going, I didn't even say anything. <laughs> I'm more meant in the fact of like when I when Alera first mentioned about Canavers, what what she tried to say, that was always like magic comes at a price and whatnot. Of course, she's not going to fucking tell you shit you asked and whatnot. So Alera's just sort of that learning that whole sort of how it be trusted yeah so she just she's new so she's like i know i know it's a zaris goes over and pat a zaris goes over and pat a lair on the no no i'm not i'm not i'm not a pet no it's at this point that king alfred raises a hand almost as though he's gesturing for balin to like step back a little business aside the three of you have earned and I stress that word very hardly. Very, very hard. Earned some respite. So, on behalf of me, not as sovereign, not as king, not as essentially your boss's boss, but on behalf of myself, I'd like to offer you a... It's not a reward, it's more a treat. I've sent words to one of the more illustrious restaurants and taverns in the city. Is that the three of you are to dine for a six course tasting meal paid for by the crown. All expenses are covered. And you were to be treated with the utmost respect and dignity and encouraged to enjoy yourselves. Eat your fill, drink your fill, and just take a night to let all Balin. of the... Don't look to Lord Balin, Nilara. This is me. That is very kind of you. Zaris eternally cross because he knows he doesn't have to cook now. <laughs> can can we bring our friend? There's his girlfriend if that helps. 
We took a lady that had uh, a past with Zarus who actually helped yeah, us Nicole, a lot. Yeah, his this. ex. Just... But they might be on again. I don't just keep the official just for this <laughs> one. Just... Zarus box head on in the back of the head just slightly <laughs> just like you see king alfred look look shoot like his attention straight to you zaris and say yes i can make it i can make arrangements for an extra seat to be made at the table mm. this is a good opportunity it bulk <laughs> and on, i'm not willing to be a third fourth wheel okay Look, it's them and it's us, Lara. The king, King Luke, says anyway. You, you have the choice of whether you choose to dine tonight or tomorrow night. It's entirely up to you. Well, if I go and see, uh, Mister Seer. I could meet you at said restaurant right after. I'm assuming you mean Canaveras, not the Grand Seer. Sorry, Balin, my, my <laughs> words. It's been a long... Uh, it's been a Alara's long... gonna go see somebody very special, that's all we know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <gasps> anyway. So if I go if I go see Keep Your Secrets and then I meet you back at our residence, or quickly get ready and whatnot, and then go to the restaurant, would that be okay with you guys? That Sure. The king, holds up, the, the king holds up a hand and says, last thing I'll say on the matter is, and Elera, you've mildly touched on this point already. Dress accordingly. This is a fine dining establishment. And where I am not trying to insult your current sense of fashion, it's not exactly within the decor theme of the establishment of which you will be visiting. So please, if you have clothing that would be suitable, please wear it. I know I do in, in my in my wardrobe. I've got a fancy sort of white sort of shirt and black treasure. I think I've got them in, in my wardrobe. I know Anna's got a fucking massive dress, so that would do. Yep. Zara, I'm not sure, but I will Zara find something. Good. Then please, feel free to go about your day. I trust that anything that Lord Balin has omitted from the conversation, he can fill you in at a later date. You have definitely earned the stand time, and I genuinely hope that you find some sort of relaxing enjoyment from it. Thank you, King. Lord Balin looks to you and says, Well, it seems as though our business has come to a close for just now. You're free to go. Welcome back to Amdale. Let's, uh... Let's try to make this city a better place, shall we? Agreed. <clears throat> well, ladies and gentlemen, with our disaster trio exiting from the throne room and what I imagine would be exiting from the Sapphire Keep in general, that is where we're going to end off tonight's episode of Duckies and Dargons. Thank you very, very much for sticking with us slightly shorter episode than what is normal um but a lot of progress has been made the the players are back in the capital city and they now have a task to reunite with an old friend well i'm starting to think that maybe you guys are the human traffickers because you've now brought two people into the capital one of which 
is still not documented, by the way. That's fine. That means nothing. Well, it what? might it might not mean it might not mean anything given her new rank, but you know. <laughs> um yeah. Ah, don't worry. Uh Zars has got a bag for food. He can hold he can hold her in the bag for a couple hours and you can fine. only uh, Zaris, yeah, I'll sneak her in. Zaris, remind me of how long a living being can sit in a bag of holding for. What? If, if he can Sorry. cook and food be fresh still, I'm sure a fucking body can be there for a couple of days. <laughs> Zaris, remind me how long a, a, a living creature can be contained within a bag of holding before it dies. Uh, up to your constitution. So, like, so, uh, if, say, uh, say you have a plus three to con, it's 10 minutes per plus. So, right, like, so if you like have plus three, minutes. it's okay. 30 minutes, yeah. Okay, well, you never know. But, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for sticking with this episode. Uh, if you have not already read our announcement regarding the position that Duckies and Dargons holds with regard to Wizards of the Coast and the uh, OGL controversy that is going on, please head on over to our Twitter and read uh, the post. Uh, and whilst you're at it, if you're not already doing so, please feel free to follow us on there for, so that you get updates on everything that we do. Uh, we will be uploading this session on Friday the 20th of January. Uh, I have absolutely no idea what time during that day, but I will probably uh, do it as is soon as physically possible. But guys, until next week, stay happy, stay healthy, stay safe, and above all else, roll for initiative. Good night, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs>